We have some uh, some patrons as well who graciously support us on the show. Kevin, can you run down who those fine folks are? Yeah, if you'll give me. <laughs> I always forget. I think you'd learn by this point. <laughs> <laughs> you think? I have so many things to pull up. Um, yes, we do. Um, wait, what did you? How did you leave that last sentence off? If you could run down the list for us. Yes, I can. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we've got we've got some patrons who uh, who lovingly support the show, and we really appreciate them. Kev, do you have the list of patrons handy for us? Yes, I do. We have. <laughs> God damn it! Welcome to the Interstate Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, aka K Slugs. My name is Peter, aka Deal for Real, and I'm also your host. Well, welcome everyone to the 51st episode of the Interstate Gamers Podcast, episode 5 to second episode of the season. Excited to be here. I think it's going to be a good game. You've probably seen the title already, but if you haven't seen the title, well, I think we've got a, a pretty interesting game in store for you guys. Yeah, this game that we're going to talk about today, if you haven't read the title, is none other than Custom Robo. Yeah, I was excited to play this one, uh, and I think you were excited for me to play this one. I I don't have any prior knowledge or prior experience with this game, um, but why don't you, uh, people, why don't you tell me about your experience with the game? Sure. Uh, before I do that, though, I will say that I have been hounding Kevin to play this game since like <laughs> the very beginning of the show, almost three years ago. So uh, finally, we're doing it. It's a momentous occasion. I'm very happy. And uh, with any luck, Kevin will never have to hear me pester him about it again. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my history of the game, I rented this game on a whim when I was like 10 or something. And I thought it was just the hottest shit ever. I thought it was so cool. Didn't play it again until... Um, like 2015 or 2016. I think it was right after I graduated college before I knew exactly where I was going to move and what I was going to do. Um, so I revisited it, thought it was still a pretty good game. Uh, you know, looking at it more critically though, since I was older. Since then, I've been excited to uh, to see what Kevin thinks about this because it's, it's kind of one of those like random games from my childhood that I go back to every so often. And it's always interesting to see uh, what other people will think of something that you thought was the dopest when you were a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Um and of course, I was excited to see what I would think of it critically now, now that we are expert game reviewers, the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's my experience with it. Cool. Should, we, uh, should I give a little bit of the cone text as to what Custom Robo is? Sure. Cool. Actually, Custom Robo is an interesting franchise. Uh, this is a game franchise that's developed by Noise, which is a uh, quote-unquote second-party developer for Nintendo. You know, they're, they're not part of Nintendo really, but they've been like pretty exclusive to them from what I can tell. And this game for the GameCube came out in 2004, but it is actually the fourth Custom Robo game uh, in the franchise history, but the first three games were only released in Japan. So they had two N64 games, one Game Boy Advance game, and then this one, which got localized for North America. And then one more game for the DS that came out like a few years later, which actually was the first time that Custom Robo was released in the PAL regions, so Europe mainly. Definitely a franchise that didn't get wide releases for most of its history, so it's kind of interesting in that regard. Um, but if you've played the Smash Bros. games, you may have seen 
custom robo like trophies or stickers or me costumes, things like that. So they've been representing a little bit. As far as like gameplay context, before we get into the meat of it, I just want to outline how the game kind of functions, as I often do. So I think it makes sense to compare this to Pokemon and kind of start from there. Um, if you imagine in Pokemon, you're building up a team of creatures that you catch, and then you're engaging in turn-based battles with your opponent. And in the meanwhile, you're kind of making your way through the world. Custom Robo is kind of like that, except instead of collecting multiple Robos, you have one Robo that you collect all these parts for, and you customize between battles uh, to your liking. And uh, rather than it being turn-based action, it's like full 3D action, you and your opponents in an arena, like jumping around, flying around, shooting each other, all this sort of stuff. Um, but as far as like, you know, the, the format or the flow of the game where you start off in a place, you learn more about the plot, you like move around in the overworld, talk to people and then battle people. It's kind of similar to Pokemon in that regard. So if you're familiar with that, that'll help you understand this game um, a little bit before we get into the meat and potatoes. Speaking of, I think it's about that time. Uh, Kev, do you want to start off with the gameplay? Uh, yes, people, I think I will. So um, this game, in terms of gameplay, was a lot more intricate than I, I guess I anticipated it to be. I kind of anticipated, you know, based upon the cover art of like some some kind of Gundam-like game, but uh, I did not expect them to be kind of... I didn't expect the game to be what it is. Let's just put it at that. So, <laughs> So like... A big part of the game, or actually the primary part of the game, is that you are a bounty hunter and you are almost like a police force, but not really. You're just like bounty hunting bad guys, um, important bad guys. Yeah. And the way you fight these bad guys is not by like punching them or attacking them with your like Gundam like robot. It's you go up to them like a Pokemon battle and you, you and the, the bad guy enter this. Holoseum, quote unquote, <laughs> arena in which you you battle the bad guy with your virtual robot that is registered to you and only you. When I first discovered that, I was like, "Oh, okay, not at all what I expected." At first, I was like, "Okay, gameplay is interesting. You know, you kind of just flying, jumping around, shooting with robots." Didn't really make sense at first. It was just kind of like, I don't really understand how this all fits together, and there was a lot of a lot of stuff. There's a lot of text. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably one of my critiques. I don't know if that is considered in gameplay at all, but there was too much just like talking and requiring you to talk to everybody to talk about every portion of the game. I get that's how they wanted you to learn, but I think they could have handled it in a little bit better of a way. But once I got to, you know, got the hang of things, basically you collect all these different parts which implement your weapons in various different ways like not even like in a in a simple manner like oh you get an attack boost or something like this no like it changes the trajectory of your weapons and what you, the guns that you shoot and the bombs that you throw out and the things called pods which you know are kind of defensive but also aggressive it's kind of hard to explain what those are uh, they're like kind of slow moving moving uh landmines or missiles yeah they're more like traps rather than direct attacks Right. So that to see how deep and intricate the game was was actually really cool in my opinion and I thought it was it was really neat. I didn't expect it at all and combining that with the landscape elements which upon initial observation you see like these barriers 
and these walls that you can hide behind, but they're kind of small looking. So you're like, oh, these probably don't do too much. I could just rush at my opponent. Well, that's not necessarily the case because your opponent might fuck you up. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I really thought, I really liked the depth of gameplay that there was in this game. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I kind of try to like introduce it to, to friends of mine who are into Smash specifically. Although it's, it is hard to introduce someone to this game because of all the customization and all the, things you need to do. Um, but there's a lot of depth to it, which I appreciate. And I think it makes the moment-to-moment gameplay really strong. One thing that's worth mentioning is that we, we kind of talked about this, but there are five different parts to your robo. There's the body, which I guess you could also call the robo. It's like, you know, the main Cassie, the main appearance. And then you have the guns, the bombs, the pods, and the legs. And I'd say that the body and the guns are what affect your game plan the most because different uh, brands, quote unquote, of bodies. You know, if you're th- if you're comparing them to cars, it's like the make and the model. Um, different makes of bodies have very different um, abilities and statistics. Like some of them are very defensive and tanky, and so you c- you can kind of just rush people, but at the cost of mobility. Some of them are the opposite, where they're you know like really fast little runs that you can <laughs> try to overwhelm your opponent with speed. Some of them can fly around the stage, whereas most of them can just do simple air dashes. So that changes you know your aerial mobility. And then the guns, they do dramatically change the way that you fight. As you were saying, you know, it's not just like this one has bullets that go faster. It's like this one is like a sniper rifle, whereas this one creates like these barriers that are these bullets that will like hover and then charge you at your opponent, which is like a totally different way of attacking someone. So it is very interesting, but that does make it hard to, uh, it, it makes it hard to introduce to someone, as I said. Um, so it's not exactly a game like, hey guys, come over, we'll play Custom Robo, because they'll be like, what the fuck is all this stuff? <laughs> like all these yeah. menus and things. It's really cool because you can have, uh, kind of to your point, and kind of what you're alluding to there, is that you can, you can have your own style of play. Like you can yeah. play how you want, and it's like always very unique. I, I imagine anybody who goes through and plays this game, like it's always a very unique style in which you can play the game, and I find that to be really cool. Yeah, and there is actually a competitive scene to this game as well. It's very small, um, and even before COVID, it was almost entirely net play based. Um, but there is a competitive scene that um, I, I know they had some like a side event at one of the CEO events, which for those who don't know, it's a pretty premier fighting game tournament in uh, Orlando. Um, they had like a side event, which was cool to see. Um, and I, cause sometimes I check in with the scene and learn about the meta and stuff. Like they recently banned one of the classes of robos because they're like they can air camp basically and it's way too powerful. <laughs> so that happened in the past couple of years apparently. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so what's your go-to? So my go-to is the, the class called uh, strike vanishers, which are kind of the stealth models. Um, when they air dash, they teleport and while they're teleporting, they're invulnerable. So you can kind of like phase through uh, bullets as a way of attacking your opponent. Um, otherwise, as far as stats go, they're kind of low on most other stats because the stealth thing is pretty uh, strong. Okay, but that's one of my go-to's, and the other one I like is the little raiders, which are the little fast runts who like they can get knocked down in like one hit. They're super fragile, but <laughs> they can just like dart around everywhere. And especially if you have like a close range gun that just kind of like fucks up the opponent, it's fun to like try to navigate all the traps and stuff, and then go like. <laughs> 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 so it's a that's, pretty fun way of playing. Yeah, for a while I played with the base model because I could really just never find a different model that I liked. But then I. I don't know what this model is called, but it looks like a beaver, like a little chipmunk beaver, like face, and it's just round. It's just short and squatty. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like a tank, but it can move through the air really well. 
that that was one of my favorites because I really liked air mobility, but I didn't enjoy dying quickly. So I, I thought I could utilize my weapons really well if I could just stand there and take it and just shoot them down. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that make of Robo is actually the one that was banned recently for being too uh, damn too campy. So turns damn. out you're, uh, you, you've already solved the game. Good job, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, this robot's broken. But yeah, that is one aspect of the game that I thought was interesting. It can be frustrating at times. Especially in, uh, well, we'll get to this later, but um, basically there's some of your weapons can knock down an opponent, which puts them in a down state, which you can kind of combo them in. Yeah. And then they get up into a stage, which is called rebirth, which is really weird. And uh, they're invincible during that stage. And so, like, you're like down, down, down. And then they get up and they're invincible. And then they start shooting you. And you're like, ah, shit. So then you got to get away. Um, Sometimes it was kind of annoying to all of a sudden be in a down state and just get wombo comboed and feel like you're helpless. And then you had to mash to get up quicker. I don't really ever like mashing. Yeah. And to have it be so important, like especially when you start the game, you have to that the weird dice thing, uh, where it's like it launches you. This is kind of hard to explain to all the listeners, but basically when you start each match. You're in like this cannon, like this bazooka cannon thing that launches you to a certain por- portion of the stage wherever you aim the bazooka cannon. So it's like three, two, one, go, and then you launch your little dice, your cube that's going to uh, open up your robot. But you can open only open up your robot when the count is at zero. So you have to go six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. But it's kind of random in which number you land on. So at one point you can land on one and then open right away or you can land on six and you'd have to mash to get all the way to one as fast as possible whereas the opponent could end up being at like one already and just staring you in the face and get ready to wombo combo you as soon as you I don't know it was very weird implementation I thought it wasn't yeah it wasn't very uh, I don't know what's the word for it but it wasn't very it didn't feel like a fit yeah it's I mean, it boils down to you having to like quickly ascertain like where you are in the countdown versus where your opponent is, and then you have to like strategically mash or not mash to get like an advantage over the opponent, and then you have to choose: do I risk it and spawn close to the opponent, or do I play it safe and spawn further away? Because it's it's kind of a crapshoot at the end of the day. Um, it is a weird mechanic. I think it's kind of fun, but also doesn't really fit. And I think I would rather it be gone if I had the choice. Yeah. Um, Maybe just you know have like some sort of neutral spawning or something like pretty much every other video game on the planet does. I don't know, but it has character, I guess, which is, you know <laughs> something to be said. So most battles are one on one battles, but sometimes they do change it up. Um, sometimes it's two on two. Sometimes it's one v three or three v one, depending on like story circumstances. There are things called tag battles, which is actually the way that competitive works where you can choose two robos along with your opponent choosing two, and then you can swap between them uh, with some cooldown time in between the swaps. So that can be pretty interesting. But I think the main problem I have with gameplay, and this is kind of with content as well, I found the game to be really easy for the most part. I think there are some battles that are challenging and it'll take me a few tries. Uh, sometimes it's because my loadout is bad for that particular opponent, and sometimes it's because like I wasn't paying attention <laughs> Depends on the circumstance, but I find most of the game to be pretty easy to the point where it can get quite tedious. And if you combine that with all of the 
text. Like characters are always talking to you, which can be cool because I like a lot of the characters. And we'll talk about that more in content. But sometimes it's like, oh, I'm like mashing A to get through the <laughs> overworld. And then I get to this battle where I can also kind of just mash A and B because it's usually not that hard. So that's the point where I kind of wish they had balanced things in such a way or maybe it's an AI limitation as well, which would be understandable given that this is a 16-year-old game. But that's really my main critique of of it is that like I think the game the moment to moment gameplay is good and the the system is good. It's just that like the way the battles the game gives at you can be kind of a non issue. Yeah, I think to sum it up, the game can be pretty repetitive. Yeah. Um and you can end up just doing like seeming like you're doing the same thing over and over again. And there's a lot more dialogue than you'd expect. And it's a lot of banter. That doesn't really matter, and they kind of start yeah. saying like the same things over and over again. Granted, some of the uh, the banter is pretty funny, but um, like there's one time like, and this this is more content, but like you'll go to the corner and you'll talk to somebody, and I think I remember one of them being like, "I'm just a I'm just a side character. I'm just here to just fill a spot. It's like I, I really have no purpose <laughs> in this game." I was like, yeah. "Oh wow, breaking the fourth wall there." Um, yeah. But funny things like that. But there's a lot of banter that requires you to like talk to everyone in the room, even the people that don't matter, before you start like a tournament or something. And I'm like, oh come on, like let's just go. But I think if even if you didn't have that, it would just be battle after battle where it a lot of it's the same. The gameplay doesn't get shaken up a lot. It's very linear. Yeah. Very straightforward. And the only thing they do to shake it up is really you know add different. Um, it's not even different game modes. It's just different amounts of robots. Yeah, in different arenas as well. Yeah. Which some of them can be pretty different, like with uh, interesting hazards and stuff, but it still doesn't prevent the game from feeling repetitive. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I was going to, and then sometimes on the 2v2 battles, <laughs> it's like both of the uh, other team will, like, I guess it's strategy, but they'll just like wombo combo you and it can get kind of annoying. <laughs> And like switching between opponents, I can sometimes it doesn't work. I don't know what that's all about, but I guess I guess I don't understand when I'm supposed to do it. But like if I'm getting bibbity bopped by somebody that I'm not even aiming at, and I'm like, okay, I want to attack them because they're just going ham on me because I'm killing their partner, but all of a sudden they turn around and just down me, which makes the down mechanic kind of annoying in 2v2. Because like if I'm comboing someone and all of a sudden they're like, oh. He's in the middle of attack. I'm going to attack him and now down him. It's like I can't finish my combo. But anyway, I had trouble switching from opponent to opponent. And it was never very clear when I was switching. And it was never very clear who I was aiming at unless I was shooting. Yeah. Yeah. You have to pay attention to like, like I think player one is red, player two is blue, and then three and four are green and yellow. So you have to like be paying attention to the colors on people's like health meters and all that stuff, which. Given, given all the stuff that goes on in the game visually, yeah, clever segue to the next section, um, sometimes can be kind of difficult. Yeah, for sure. So those are all my comments on gameplay. Do you have anything else to add? I think that's a good bulk of stuff I want to say. Cool. What's your score then? My score is an 80. Nice. I'm pretty close to you. Mine is an 85. 85, nice. I think it's a... Uh, I think I would have expected you to give it a little bit higher of a rating, but uh, yeah, I think I think the gameplay does really well. Um, surprisingly, and not to say that I thought the gameplay was going to suck, but 
I really liked how intricate it was, and I actually had a lot of fun playing. And uh, I do want to comment on your your point though of like you felt the game could be pretty easy. Um, maybe you're just an epic gamer, but <laughs> not that I ever lost too many battles. In fact, I may have only lost two. But I did feel like it was difficult enough for a first time playthrough for me to still feel engaged and feel challenged. Okay. I think maybe if you were like, if I was more experienced in the game and knew like all the combinations that would like just fuck them up, it might be easier. But kind of experimenting with those combination of things, um, it, it still made it a little bit of a challenge because I don't, I don't know exactly what's good and what's not yet. So there was one time where like, to your point, my loadout wasn't wasn't appropriate for the battle at hand, and so I just switched my loadout. And that's when I figured out the the tank thing. I don't know the tank body, and I was like, "Oh, I love this one." <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, actually, you know what? One one more thing I do want to say about gameplay, real quick, is that losing has very little consequence most of the time. You just replay oh, yeah. the same battle, um, which does make the game easy, but it also encourages that experimentation that you're talking about. Like, there's there's never really you know any bad consequence for trying out something and having it not work. So I, I, I think at the end of the day, that's a good decision on their part. Like, let the player have fun with the customization mechanic. Let them feel free to try it all out and see what they like. I agree. Yeah, because there were several times where I was like, if I die, do I have to start like super far over? Because I was like, I want to try out this new like custom part, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it was really nice. Anyway, we've talked enough about gameplay, even though there's a lot to talk about with this game uh, in terms of gameplay. We're going to move on to the aesthetics. Aesthetics. Um, and we're going to start with the visuales. Pete, boy, what you got? Well, this game is very techy. If I were to summarize it in one <laughs> word, um, you know, the robots are all like detailed and shiny and metal, and the world is all kind of like artificial looking. And, um, the, the UI is very techy and metal and electronic, and it's, it's very stylish. I, I like the style of the game. I think the, the graphic quality itself is pretty detailed across the board. Um, sometimes if you're on the overworld and it like zooms in on a character's face, then it doesn't quite look as good as some other GameCube games I've played. Um, but in the heat of battle, like everything is very colorful and, uh, and sharp. It's a, it's a very pointy game visually. Yeah. One thing that's notable is that the characters all have portraits whenever they're speaking, and they have a range of emotions they can show, which I think is pretty common for you know Japanese RPG games in particular, but I've never played too many games like that, so for me it's always kind of a cool little feature. They can have some very funny expressions, and they're, they're, drawn, they're drawn well also. like They just look good. Um, so I like that a lot. I'm going to pass it to you. Do you have any uh, additional comments? Uh, I will say that the game... I, I can't say that I'm like overly... Stimulated by the graphics, um, especially for a GameCube game, I kind of expected them to look better. To me, it kind of looks like a Nintendo 64 game inside of a, a GameCube game. That's not to say it was ever really bad, but I don't think it was ever really like whoa. Um, it does like like you said, it's very pointy. <laughs> the I thought it was pretty funny how like you know you pointed out some of the the character portraits uh, that show their emotions and stuff like that, like the main character. Like whenever he like blushes or yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's very uh, anime like. I guess. I oh yeah, super say. super anime or yeah. manga. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, there weren't any the the. I think the biggest or the best part of the game visually is the battles themselves. Oh yeah, 
anything else like the overworld or anything like that, I don't find them too too outstanding. Like I said, but the the battles themselves, I think they draw me in enough to be like, okay, yeah, this is pretty cool. And some of the effects from the the weapons that you use kind of it does a good job of like displaying what's happening. You're never really confused as to what kind of weapon you're using. They do a really good job of of like, okay. I don't know how to explain it, but you know that you have a weapon that's going to shoot over top of a wall. Yeah. Um, sometimes, and some other one that's like, okay, it's a very direct attack. They did, they did a very good job with the battles visually, I think, and and it, they still look cool. But yeah, those are those are kind of my initial thoughts about it. Yeah, yeah. I th- this might be nostalgia here because I, I I do like the the aesthetic of the game a lot visually. I do agree with you though that the the fidelity isn't super duper. Uh, great in comparison to some other games. I don't think I'd call it quite N64 level, but it is maybe somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, I do think that contributes to the game running very smoothly, though. I don't think I've ever seen any sort of hiccup or anything like that while playing the game, so maybe that helped in some regard. Only when you complete a battle and like the animations, if you're still shooting, in the process of shooting, and it says you win or the other person loses or whatever... Um, then it like then it frame rate drops for some reason, but it doesn't matter. I think that's like a I think that's a dramatic slowdown sort of choice. Oh, it is kind of weird though. Now that you mention it, <laughs> <laughs> that never occurred to me that it was like that. It looked like a a frame rate drop. I was like, oh, they're slowing it down to be cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think the point about like having the battles be clear and showing you what's going on. I think that's like arguably the most important thing that this game should have tried to do visually. And I think it works for the most part. There are some times where, like, in a 2v2 battle, it is hard to tell what's going on. Um, not for any fault of the camera or anything like that, but just because each you have four robots on the screen, including yourself, each of which has, like, three different types of weapons they can hit you with. Yeah. They can all be attacking with all those weapons pretty much at the same time. So it's, like, naturally it's going to get crowded. 2v2s are the minority of battles, though, so normally you don't have to worry about, like, dividing your attention that much. But it can be overwhelming for people who maybe like don't play action games or don't play like very reflex heavy games very often. Yeah, actually, you know, now that you mention it, there is a lot of I had a lot of issues in terms of what was going on when there, especially when there was two v two battles, because some of them have like pods or bombs that they can like shoot multiple out, and you're like, some of them are hovering above you, and some are like. Going at you from below, and I can't really tell. So if you like jump, you jump into one of the bombs, but you have one approaching from the side, and you're just like, "What is going on?" I can't really tell. Yeah, there is a lot of confusion in terms of uh, multi multi robot battles, and I would prefer if it was just one v one. But but it does spice it up. I think it would get kind of boring if if it was just one v one. But maybe just make the map a little bit bigger. For two v twos, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, they do have some arenas, or maybe like one or two arenas that are very big, or at least bigger. Yeah, and then also one that's very small. <laughs> yeah. um, but otherwise, they are all kind of the same size. So generally, the two v twos are pretty crowded. There's no real like cutscenes in this game. I mean, there are in-game cutscenes, um, especially towards the end when the plot starts getting thick. Holy moly, there's a lot of in-game cutscenes and a lot of text um, again and content. Um, there is a cool like opening video sequence like before the title screen comes in, which is actually very cool looking. Um, gets me hyped to play the game. But this game isn't really like a theatric experience. 
if uh, if any listeners out there are wondering about that. Yeah, I wouldn't say you played this game for the visuals. I'd say you play it you play it for the gameplay in my opinion. Not to yeah. spoil any of the rest of the sections, but uh <laughs> it's definitely a gameplay heavy game. But it, not to say this game looks horrible, but it's not anything that's going to wow you. Yeah. I tend to agree. That's that does it for my visual comments. Yeah, I would, I'd have to agree. Not really much to say, but I think we said a pretty good amount. Yeah. Well, I like the visuals quite a bit. I gave them an 85. 85. You're not going to like what I have to say. <laughs> 60. <laughs> no, it was higher than that. I gave it a 67. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, it wasn't like world's worst graphics, but I think, you know, given the console and the time and in which it was made, they could have done a little bit better. But I think, you know, like I said, their point of emphasis was the gameplay. And I think they did that really well. Yeah. So. Moving on to the audio, I will go ahead and give my thoughts on this one. I will say that it's probably the weakest of my critique, like the weakest category of the game for me. I didn't really find anything like too great about the audio or the soundtrack or the sound effects, really. It was really annoying whenever you talk to someone and just that weird sound that it would make anytime like someone was talking. Yeah, like the fake, like blah 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 blah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as good as Animal Crossing, and it wasn't charming like banjo or anything like that. So it was just kind of like this weird, like I don't even know if you call it robotic. It was just a weird sound that they would make. So that was kind of annoying. I'm not gonna lie, um, but I tried to look past it as best I could. I was like, okay, whatever. And then yeah, really, I just didn't find any of the soundtracks too great. I guess. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't horrible again, but it wasn't like my ears were bleeding, but it was just like <laughs> I wasn't like in love with it or anything. So, yeah. I kind of disagree with you on both those points, but in more like not totally disagree, but more finer point disagreements. Um, the sound effects, I, I kind of like the the babbling or the chatter or whatever you want to call it. Maybe that's just a personal preference. I like the way that it identifies different characters like your boss, Ernest, who's always yelling at you, he's got more like a sort of voice, and then the shy girl is more like, meep, 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 meep. So it, I think it does its job, and I thought that was kind of a nice touch. One thing I really like about the sound effects is the footsteps throughout the game. Whether you're in the overworld or in a battle, I thought that was a really cool detail, having like the clang, 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 clang of your robos on the on the Holosseum, I thought was kind of cool. And then like all the guns and bombs and stuff, mainly the guns actually do make very distinct sounds, some of them. That can also be an interesting way to communicate the information about what the gun is doing. There, there's one example in particular, or two examples, like they have a dragon gun, which shoots like a big dragon head of flame at you, and that one goes like, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, oh shit, like this, this gun means business. And then there's a raptor gun or an eagle gun, and so it'll shoot a little like eagle-shaped bullet, and it'll go like, call, <laughs> which it's, it's more threatening, it's more of a scary call, not like a silly one, but... Um, I think there are little touches like that that are good, but otherwise, I wouldn't call the sound effects amazing. I think they're pretty good. I'll, I'll say that. And then the music, the, the thing about the music is that a lot of it suffers from not giving you enough time to hear it and appreciate it, especially during battles, because in a battle, not only do you have all the other sound effects going on, of which there are many, but also the battles tend to be pretty short, um, especially for an epic gamer like me. So, like, 
when I go on YouTube and I look up the soundtrack for this game, like some of the battle themes in particular, I'm hearing stuff that I never even got the chance to hear before because they made like a four <laughs> minute song for a one minute battle. Yeah. And it's like, damn, you know, you're not doing yourself any favors that way. But otherwise, some of those themes, some of the overworld themes, I think some of them are like amazing. And then some of them are like average to kind of bad. And then a lot of them are somewhere in between. So I think the, the quality of the soundtrack varies a lot. Yeah, I was going to say that um, I never, I can't even tell you or recite to you a song from or a soundtrack from that game. Like, I have nothing that pops up in my head of like, oh, yeah, that's from Custom Robo. Like, I don't know. It just, it didn't stand out to me too much. So, kind of to your point there, it may, it may suffer from that. It, or just maybe there's just so much going on. You just never have time to notice it. Although a lot of games I've played, have had stuff going on. I've been able to notice the soundtrack, but it was always just the stereotypical, like techie sounding uh, soundtrack in the background. I thought it was just more like background. It wasn't like, you know, quiet. So I guess, you know, that's cool, but it was just kind of like, oh, I'm walking through a techie city and it sounds like a little, you know, synthy techie city. So that's, that's what's going on. Um, and maybe it just never was very like loud, or maybe I just wasn't bumping it while I was playing it. But part of it comes down to familiarity too, where like I've had a lot more time to ingest everything True. related to the soundtrack. So naturally, I'm if it's not bad, that means I'm going to like it more. So <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I don't really have a whole lot more to say. Um, it's pretty bare here, but I I think overall. Once again, kind of like visuals, not horrible, not great. Yeah. What's your What's your score then? Uh, sixty three. Sixty three. Again, I went pretty much higher than you, but less higher this time. I gave it a seventy five. Okay, that that makes sense. Um, your visuals was higher, and then your audio is higher, but your audio is lower than your visuals. So kind of the same. Yeah. There for me. Yeah. Well. On to the content. <laughs> Interested in seeing what we have to say about this one, Pete Boy. I know you like content. I'm going to be relying on you a little bit on this section because you've played a lot more than I have, and I think you know a lot more about the game than I do. So you're going to definitely educate me on some things. And uh, yeah, so what you got? So my best friend, howlongtobeat.com, says that a playthrough can take you from about 10 to 20 hours, depending on um, how much of a completionist you are, all that sort of stuff. Kevin made some sort of hand motion at the camera. It looked like he was holding up a number. I looked it up and it said eight. But I must have been looking at a different custom robo game. It's possible. Either way, it's not a terribly long game by any means. Right. We've talked a little bit about how like it can get repetitive with the battles and the overworld and the amount of text and plot and all that stuff. Um, so sometimes that can kind of contribute to the game feeling bloated, for sure. Um, and probably lowering the replay value a little bit as well. The plot, I'm not going to spoil anything because I, well, when I was little, I thought the plot, like when they have the big twist, <laughs> I don't know if you got to the big twist yet, but when I when I got to it, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And like, I remember I got to the plot twist and I was like, oh, this is crazy. And then my parents dragged me to like some family friend's house for dinner. And the whole time I was like thinking about the, the implications of the plot. Like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do now? <laughs> That's cute. But yeah, basically, as we said, you're a, a, a bounty hunter who works for the good guys, kind of like Star Fox. Maybe that's why I like this game. Mm. And you go around and like you, you get involved with some criminals, and there's like kind of a conspiracy that you learn about, and it's 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 pretty it's pretty epic. 
but it can be silly. There's a lot of like suspension of disbelief and there's a lot of uh, banter, some of which is funny, some of which, some of it is pointless as we've talked about. So it depends how much you value that, you know, like if you're all about learning about the characters and their little quirks and stuff, then maybe you'll like it more. But if you're just here only for the gameplay, then you're going to get tired of all the text pretty quickly. Yeah, I can hear that. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I do like, though, so this game is structured out into days. Like, you'll wake up one morning, you'll go to work, you'll have some task, and then you'll finish that and then go home, go to sleep, start over the next day. What I find interesting is that after you've done your tasks for the day, you have the choice whether to, like, teleport straight home or whether to wander around. And if you wander around, like, you'll never find anything too crazy or too, like, oh, there's some awesome secret that only appears if you choose to wander around on day three. Like, there's nothing quite like that, which I think is good, actually. But there are a bunch of little, like, Easter eggs where you can talk to characters who aren't expecting to see you, and they'll tell you some, like, funny little thing, or, like, you'll learn about backstories and stuff. So I thought that was cool that, you know, they put some thought into that. They they made it kind of worth your time if you're if you're all about the allure. <laughs> then they made it. They made it worth your time to go and chat with people after you are done for the day. Um, so I yeah. thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I do think that's pretty cool too. I love it when games do that. Um, but yeah, you're kind of right. There's not really anything ever to do. So I always just, for the most part, I chose the go home option unless I needed to unlock a new weapon. In which case, I do have something to say about that. Why? Not just give me the weapon. Why do I have to go to a terminal and get the weapon? It's very like it I thought it was cool at first, but then after I had to like deliberately go to the terminal, get my weapon, and then go to the next match, it felt unnecessary. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, the content uh I'm thinking of the storyline here when I'm thinking about content. The the storyline wasn't uh and I haven't beaten the game or anything like that, but from what I had played, it could be cheesy. It kind of was cheesy. Yeah. But it had some flavor to it and it had some heart. So it wasn't like a total dud and I wasn't like totally disinterested. That being said, there was a lot of text to shift through. And so, like, there would be several times where I'd like, okay, I need to see what they're talking about. So they'd start talking about what they're talking about. And then I was like, okay. They're about to ramble on about this this one thing that they're talking about. So I, then I'd be able to skip <laughs> and skim through. So I'd be able to get the gist of things <laughs> after about a few sentences. I'd be like, "All right, so we need to go over here because of this." Yeah, and they're just talking about like, "No, don't do this," but I have to, or like, uh, <laughs> "That's perfect." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just keep talking about the thing that they're about to do, and I was like, "Oh my god, just stop." So that kind of mm, that kind of ruined it a little bit for me. Um, that that's a good bulk of the content too. Like every damn morning, you gotta talk to Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do I gotta talk to Lucy every morning? Like, why? And eventually, she stops waking you up, which is great and all. I don't know why this stranger thought to wake me up. Well, she's like she's like a landlord that you've known for a long time or something. So. Yeah, she needs her money and she wants you to get a job. So yeah. But the the banter is really funny. Sometimes it's just there's too much of it, um, so I was only able to catch some really. There are some really good jokes, but like it makes you talk to every single person, and it's just walls of text. I, I we keep going back to this, but it it really sucked. One would say that we are a wall of text ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I think overall the content was pretty good. There's a lot of parts to get for each you know robot. 
um, which is really cool. And there's a lot of different ways you can mix it up. There's even a competitive scene, like you've mentioned, which is pretty cool. Um, to the fact that you can even have one for this game, I think is really dope. Yeah. So this game's a little more than meets the eye. I think everyone should try it out because it's definitely underrated. I don't know that I'm ever, I think Pete boy, whenever you visit next, we'll have to sit down and play this game together. I think that'd be fun, but I don't know if I'm going to go back and play it all the way through myself. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of hard to get through. But it was fun, so maybe I will. I don't know. Yeah, I have a few more comments about content, like kind of like end game, post game kind of stuff that I want to talk about. Sure. So as far as the main single player goes, it's divided into two parts. There's a story mode, which is called a new journey, and then after you beat the main story, you get something called the grand battle, which is post game. Um, in the grand battle, you still are in the same overworld as before, but like the main plot is over, like, there's a happy ending for everyone. And then you just go through battling the citizens of the city in, like, different types of battles. And it's kind of like an arcade-style mode where, like, you'll have a certain number of opponents to get through. And sometimes the game will give you restrictions, like, in this series of battles, you can only use a part in one battle. So for the second battle, you have to use all new parts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, which does add in some nice challenge, but... That's the part of the game where then it really does just become like battle after battle after battle after battle, which, you know, if, if that's what you're there for, then great. If you're all about the banter and the plot, then you're going to be missing something. So it just depends on like what you're looking for in the game. You also unlock like half of the parts in the game through that post game part, the grand battle. So it's a very significant chunk of the game. And in order to unlock like the very secret best parts, you have to like get gold medals or silver medals or whatever on like all of these really hard challenges. But what kind of sucks about that is like you don't unlock the good stuff in time to beat the final boss of the main story because that happened beforehand. So like it'd be cool if you could fight the final boss with like all your epic shit that you've collected over all this time. <laughs> but it, but instead, like when you get to the final boss, you have a very limited amount of stuff compared to the overall. You can start a new game plus if you want. So, like, you can start off from the very beginning of the game with all your <laughs> dope shit if you, oh, if you want to just blast through people. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is there's kind of a lot of content, but it's still pretty repetitive content. And sometimes the content is, like, blocked off in ways that I think aren't ideal. Besides the main single-player mode, there's also a pretty well-customizable multiplayer mode, which is fun. Definitely would love to do that with you next time I see you. Um, and then there's, like, a straight-up arcade mode for single-player but otherwise, like, the game doesn't have much or really anything in the way of, like, different types of gameplay or variety. And this is kind of like what you were talking about with Mario 64. Like, the gameplay is the game, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, That's kind of the way Custom Robo is. And I don't think it needs to be much more than that. Like, I'm, I'm, my score at the end of the day is still pretty good for this section, but, you know, they can always do more with it. And if they did, I think it would be a lot better for it. Right, yeah. I, I can get that. I guess in terms of that though, it would have quite a bit of replay replayability there because of that, because like you don't have a whole lot of extra stuff to do and it's like no big deal to start a new file, maybe. Yeah. I mean it depends on how much you liked the core gameplay. Like if if you want to give yourself challenge later down the road by like if you want to go up against strong opponents with weak parts, because there are some parts that are like just straight up worse than others. Like if you want to do that, you can challenge yourself. If you want to blast through the game with new parts that you didn't have the first time, you can do that. But like for me personally, that's still not adding enough variety to warrant me playing through it again. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Especially when there's all the text you have to sit through. <laughs> yeah, that damn it, the text. <laughs> but you know, you mentioned a good point of like, you know, you were just doing battle after battle. To that end, I think without the story, because when I first started playing, I was like, I just want to get into the battling. I'm like, why is this taking so long? But after a while, I started thinking about it in my head and I was like, if there was no story, this would get kind of like super repetitive and it, it would seem very meaningless. So I'm actually grateful that the story's there. I just wish it wasn't so, it wasn't implemented in the best way, but it, it was, I'm glad that it was there. Yeah. I don't know which section this counts towards, but how did you feel about the hub world? I, I felt the hub world was kind of barren. Obviously, it's just connecting pieces of the town together. Yeah. But you kind of, you can only go along the road and it just kind of seemed pointless. I guess it puts you in the city, but. Yeah. If we go back to my Pokemon comparison from the beginning of the episode, then that's the way where Pokemon totally kicks this game's ass. Yeah. Pokemon has a huge world for you to explore all these different ways. Um, there is a lore <laughs> reason for the town being like so small, but I think it's kind of a cop out, you know, like yeah. they make it work, but you know, at the end of the day, like they were just trying to make a game about battling. It wasn't supposed to be about going around and exploring, but I do think it'd be really cool if the world were larger. Yeah. One last thing. This isn't necessarily about custom robo, but there is a spiritual sequel to the custom robo franchise called Synaptic Drive, which was created by the producer of the Custom Robo series. Uh, the game came out, I think, this past summer for Switch and some other systems, um, but it got some pretty mediocre reviews. People were saying the gameplay was great, but the presentation was lacking and the graphic style wasn't interesting. Like, they made a lot more, like, instead of robots, you're basically cyber humans, you know, like, with augmented parts, and it got, like, super realistic and mature-looking, and people just aren't about it. And I think that speaks to the strength of the charm of this game, which is kind of what you were saying about the story keeping you interested to a point, right? This game's strength, a big part of it, besides the gameplay, is the charm. And we can see with the relative failure of Synaptic Drive, like how how important the charm can be. I was about to say, I was awaiting the Custom Robo sequel in 2022, but <laughs> it looks like we got a spiritual successor. I'll have to look into that. I wonder if it's like not too expensive, because... Is it is it like similar to this game? A uh, gameplay wise, it's pretty similar, but it's like it's only battling. There's no like story or anything. Uh, yeah, and I think people were saying it's like it's too expensive for the amount of content you get. So huh. I personally am not going to buy it. Uh, okay. Well, interesting. Um, I guess that wraps it up for the section. You got anything else to say? No, that's that's it. I'm going to go ahead and give my score of seventy five. 75. Wow, that's pretty close. Uh, I got a I gave it a 70. Nice. I think uh I think it's pretty justified. So, with that being said, we're going to do a little number crunching and we'll uh, get back to you after these uh messages from our sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. We are ready to give you our rundown of the scores. I'll start by summarizing my scores. I gave gameplay an 85, visuals also an 85, audio a 75, which makes my aesthetics, aesthetics a nice even 80 overall. And then content, I gave a 75, so my overall score for the game is a nice, clean, warm, round 80. 80, wow, nice. I gave gameplay an 80 for my aesthetics section. 
I gave Visuales a 67, Audio a 63, which I believe rounds out to be 65 for aesthetics. Um, Content was a 70, which brings my overall score to a 71.7, thus bringing the IG score to a 75.8, making it the 41st best game of all time. Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) I can live with that, man. I'm happy about that. Uh, Remind me how many we have total again? 44. So 41 out of 44. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that sounds appropriate to me for a game that's like, I mean, this game isn't super famous for a reason, right? Because it's not like a great game overall as a package. Um, But there's a lot of good stuff about it. And uh, you recommended that everyone try it. I kind of want other people to try it too, because like, you know, it's important to me and all that sort of stuff. But it's it's not a game for everyone. Like, you really have to be into that kind of gameplay, I think, for you to get anything out of this game. But if you're if you're into Pokemon, if you're into like kind of uh kind of like twitchy fighting games of some sort, maybe you'll like the gameplay and then maybe from there you'll get into the the story and the charm of the game and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think I should rephrase. If you like strategy games and you kinda like Action strategy games where like you can like customize or like really customize your your fighter and then do a lot of action stuff with that. Then you'll like this game and you should you should definitely try this game. Yeah, I, I I'm really glad I got to play it. So thank you for finally making me play this game. <laughs> <laughs> it took me three years, but we did it. We finally did it. I'm I'm really glad I did. Um, it beat out ukulele. It beat out ukulele. Man, I think this game kicks ukulele's ass, if I, <laughs> if I may be so bold. Because, I mean, this this game is like, it's polished in some ways, right? In, in ways that yeah. ukulele definitely isn't. And I think polish, when, when you distribute that across all the categories, accounts for a lot. I would say that it beat out all of the unpolished games we have on our list. So it beat out ukulele, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, and Chopper Attack. And then above it is Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm happy with the ranking. Can I say, by the way, this is unrelated, but I I saw a recommended YouTube video the other day. I didn't watch it, but I saw it. It's called Why Sonic Adventure 2 is the Best Sonic Game of All Time. And I was like, because you have nostalgia goggles on, dude. Because like, <laughs> you're not a professional game critic like us. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll have to watch it and see if my see if my score of 40 for the gameplay was perhaps a little too low for that one. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's going to that's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. we got some social media. If you go to the IG underscore cast on Twitter, you can find us there. Uh, definitely go to theigcast.com. Look at all of our beautiful ratings that Kevin has so lovingly placed into this website that he made with his own bare hands. He wasn't even wearing gloves. Nope. We have some, uh, some patrons as well who graciously support us on the show. Yes, we do. We have Dolphin Dasher. Justin Propes, Z-Link, and Ryan Everett. So thank you to the homies. Definitely appreciate all of our patrons. You definitely keep us going and able to do more games, and we we just couldn't thank you enough. So definitely appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. On that note, I think that's all we have to say. So hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Love you too. Love you too. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just Bumpy landing, but we made it through. <laughs>
Not to worry, we're still flying half a ship. <laughs> it's just every time I was about to speak, I kept thinking about how I just flubbed it. All right.